Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dr. Benjamin Ritter about fostering self-leadership within organizations. Dr. Benjamin Ritter, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you today and to have a chance to explore together this idea of self-leadership that I know you um, do a lot of work you know, in and write and speak a lot about. So fostering self-leadership within organizations will be our focus today. Um, as we get started, I want to share uh, Dr. Ritter's brief bio with the listeners. Dr. Benjamin Ritter, founder of Live For Yourself Consulting, is a Chicago-based leadership and empowerment coach, regional learning manager for uh, Live For Yourself. Sorry. YPO is a, a membership organization for CEOs. Okay. And so I work with their learning officers to create programs that uh, are focused on lifelong learning of their membership. So I run LFY Consulting about five months ago. YPO approached me and asked if I'd come on for Mid-America. So then I also entered, I, it was a great timing. I entered that space because I was feeling kind of stuck as a coach. I felt like my skills weren't really developing and evolving. And I was like five or 10 years from now, I'm not going to have that much career capital other than my business. Like this is a great opportunity to expand my network with people that are crushing it that I wouldn't have access to. Uh, and also to diversify my skill sets, feel a little bit, get a little unstuck. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and so, so Ben, you do a lot of national speaking. Um, you're a podcaster, an author. You do consulting work. You're a mentor, a teacher, and um, clearly passionate about guiding others to find and create and sustain a career that they love. So I love your background. I love the, the work that you're doing. Um, and it's, it's a real pleasure to speak with you uh, today. And I appreciate a little bit of a background about YPO. Um, any other kind of background information or anything about you that you'd like to share with the listeners today? Yeah, everything that I do is very much about alignment and value alignment. My, my research was on person job value congruence for senior healthcare leaders because I, when I did work for somebody else for almost seven years, it was in the healthcare space, which again, aligns very much with my desire for benevolence and doing good and create, you know, creating meaning or or making a difference for other people. Because even before that, I wanted to work in policy and had some opportunities there to, as I'm like, behavior is so hard to change. I'm going to change policy. But then I was trying to change policy. And I'm like, holy, this is tough. <laughs> like, like the bureaucracy of things, what's quicker? Oh, I'll just change people. And I, all of a sudden that evolved um, through a variety of different coaching experiences to focus on leaders, managers, directors, and really just empowering them to make the best decisions for themselves, right? That's really aligned with them because that's when you, that's when you can create change. That's when, 
you know, you have that trickle down effect, especially in organizations where you change one leader, all of a sudden now all of their direct reports are feeling that as well. It's kind of like that, that river that flows throughout the organization can impact culture, productivity, engagement, et cetera. So just wanted to reemphasize, right, that component of my soul and my values and how important it is to me. Still muted. I'm on my A game today. Um, it's, it's Zoom Zoom life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it's just real authentic selves and I love it. I'm, yeah, I'm going to chalk it up to Zoom fatigue. Um, <laughs> uh, I really, I, I love that background. And you, you were just describing some of your research. I don't know if that was part of your dissertation uh, work that you were doing. Uh, I've done similar research along the lines of person job, person organization fit, value congruence. And some of those types of topics and it's it's really fascinating it's really important work um i'm curious just because we're both um you know doing that we've done the academic and research thing uh what's your doctorate in organizational leadership it's a doctorate of education excellent and it was it was actually funny so when i this all started you mind if i give a little backstory no, not at all Okay, so I, I was walking to work. I was an executive in healthcare. It was a wonderful, wonderful position to the point where I could walk to work. And at that time, too, I was selected for 16 months of leadership training for like this first cohort throughout our, our system. So I had my own personal coach, too, which actually highlighted the fact that you could be a coach, which I was like, what? You can be a coach in, in a professional space? Um, because I had throughout the years, like been a side hustling coach in different areas. I had a passion for personal and professional development for my own journey and my own growth, but never really thought of it as like something that it could be a full time career. And so I was, I was walking into work one day feeling underutilized because I didn't have much leadership or direction as well as the work I was doing wasn't the best fit. It wasn't aligned. It was work that I was doing because I needed a job and, uh, you know, feeling stuck, feeling resentful towards my coworkers because I was pulling back because I didn't feel like I was in the right place to work, not feeling like my, the actual job was meaningful in itself because I still had this idea that work had to give you meaning instead of you had to create meaning. And, and I'm, I'm walking in, it's like a 15 minute walk. <laughs> I'm dreading going into up to the office again, wondering what else I'm going to work on that's not work. And I look up and I start, I do this thing where I look at people's eyes. I just have this weird thing where like, I can't not walk past someone and not look at them. And I just kept noticing, like, maybe I was projecting, but I kept noticing the same feeling on every single person that I walked past. And I just got this overwhelming, like sense of dread. And I was just like, this is the professional world that we live in where people are, are literally like the worst part of their day is thinking about having to go into work. And the best part of their day is maybe going home. Like this, this, this is not my life. This is not what I want for myself. It's not what I taught myself. It's not who I taught myself to be. So I stopped, I reflected and I figured out where I wanted to go. Right. I looked at my skill sets. So I was like, okay, I, I've been training myself my own self as a coach for a while. I have a passion for it. I have a passion for personal and professional development. I have a passion. I have values for benevolence and, and freedom and health and openness. And I just tried to figure out where I wanted to end up. And that hard look, that hard reflection then was like, you know, show to me that I needed to go into professional development, show that I needed, that I wanted to work with individuals. And that led to, to me figuring out three different paths either work for my organization in that, in that space, like job craft. And I went down that path initially because it was to me the least resistant, but then that, that actually started to work out, but then we got acquired. So everyone I was working with lost their jobs. So, so that didn't work out very well. Uh, and then I looked for other jobs like 
in that realm at other, at other organizations, but I had no background or expertise in it. So entry-level positions when I'm already an executive didn't seem very attractive to me. And the other path was getting my doctorate. So initially I was like, what doctorate do I need? I was like, oh, I'll get a PhD in social psych. I'll do that. And I started applying for, for those programs. I started traveling to those departments, interviewing with directors, volunteering for labs because I had no lab experience. And then I realized like, whoa, like, I left the lab one day and I'm like, I do not like this at all. Like I do not, this is not the type of, of learning that I want to dive into for the next, you know, three, four, five years. And so then I found this program at Pepperdine University through the Graduate School of Education and Psychology that was an applied doctorate in organizational leadership. And they even promoted like a concentration in coaching. All my professors were coaches, consultants, and it was just like such a perfect fit that, uh, that I, I'm, I'm happy I got accepted and I was able to do it while working full time and three and a half years later, right? And I was able to then take that credibility and use it to build my business. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I don't know if you know about my academic background at all. Um, I re- had similar wrestles as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up doing a PhD in sociology, but with a uh, focus in, in work in organizations. And uh, anyways, I, I ended up, you know, I'm, I do uh, the professorial thing and I do consulting on the side. And uh, at my university, I am in the organizational leadership department. I'm chair of the department. And uh, so we have a lot of overlap in our interests and our passions, uh, it sounds like. And I love, I, I, I'm very aware of the, the uh, Pepperdine organizational leadership uh, program uh, that you went through. So that's, that's really cool. Uh, and I'm glad you were able to find something that was a really good fit for you and that you've been able to leverage that as you have moved forward. Yeah, it was, it was funny because I've done two other graduate degree programs before this. I had an MBA in entrepreneur, entrepreneurial management and an MPH in health policy administration. And those programs were like, I just wanted to get done as quick as possible, get my degree, get out the door, get into the working world. And years after that, I still regretted that mentality because of the, the I didn't focus on building relationships. I didn't network with the professors. I didn't utilize like the network of the, of the university itself. And so going into this program, and I recommend that for anyone listening, if you're considering secondary education, because I know a lot of people are right now because of this, because you know everything that's going on, it seems to be a good option. Uh, if you are going in, right, you get what you put into it. So you only you get out what you put into it. So you're in that university, for, you're in that program, not just to get the degree, but to build long lasting forever relationships with people that are going to be in a similar field as you or in a higher, uh, at a higher level of field because they're getting this you know, other degree. Invest, 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 spend an extra half an hour, spend an extra hour building these relationships because that has made a huge difference too um, after this program. Absolutely. I couldn't agree enough. Uh, and that's really good advice for anyone seeking further career development. Uh, you know, what you get, you get what you put in, right? Um, and, and so I, I've had this similar types of experiences in my own educational background, but also professionally, you know, you get out what you put in, and it's about building relationships over time. And some of the, the greatest things that have come to me, either in my educational uh, journey or in my professional life has come not through expected ways. It hasn't come through the formal s- mechanisms and structures that are in place to try to help. It's it's come from me reaching out, developing relationships, finding extra opportunities, little extra side hustles, or uh, other things that I wouldn't have ever had if I hadn't put that extra attention 
in to developing those opportunities. So I think sometimes we sell ourselves short and sometimes we limit the potential impact we can have within organizations or from others within the organization um, because you know we're a little bit too focused on just like going through the daily grind and, and just knocking things out and checking things off our list rather than focusing, you know, having a, a more strategic long game, you know, and thinking about yeah. what can I do today it won't necessarily even benefit me today, but it might benefit me in 10 years from now. You know, most mm -hmm. of the good things in my life were delayed gratification. You know, it's like things I, I put effort in to for five or 10 years and now I'm reaping the rewards, you know? And so if, if we can have that sort of mindset, I think that's helpful for us as individuals. And I, I actually, you know, believe organizations should have a similar um, kind of a, a long-term mindset as well. Yeah. That's that plays right into self-leadership. I say if anyone's listening right now and you're maybe spending a little bit of time networking on LinkedIn or doing some outreach, what about just pulling up your, your organizational, you know, chart for where you're currently working and look for someone in a different department that maybe is doing some sort of work that you might be interested in or someone that you might be able to connect to and send them a quick chat and have a 15, 20 minute, you know, coffee or tea or lunch, you know, virtual Zoom meeting. Uh, every single client that I work with that ends up moving into consulting, like the first step that we take when they're ready to actually like send their messaging out and connect with others for their work, like you look at who you're currently working for because who trusts you the most, right? Who's been working with you? Who understands your brand? Uh, and if you know more and more people at your organization, that just becomes more, e it becomes easier. You have more options then. Uh, and not just for your own business, but also like for movements within your, within your organization itself, or even just simplifying like project tasks that you need to complete. If you have these relationships, they're going to be really influential um, and helpful just in general in your life. And like you said, it's, you know, it might not be five or 10 years from now, it could be 30, 60, 90 days. Uh, but if, you know, I think so often we get stuck in that work. Like you said, we work, we work inside, you know, in the business, not on the business, but same thing for a job. We work in the job, not on the job or we work in, in a job, not on our career. And if we could just, pull ourselves out of it for a little bit, give our, give our, give ourselves some breathing room. We can come up with these ideas and maybe also identify people that we want to connect with that could help our overall vision that we have for ourselves professionally. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you've referred to self-leadership a few times and I've kind of, uh, teased it a couple of times. Um, maybe you can define that more specifically now for the listeners. What do you mean by self-leadership? Obviously there's elements of, you know, having a, a bigger picture, you know, of ourselves and our career and how we fit within organizations and being proactive. Um, but if you can define that a little bit more, and then let's talk more about what um, individuals can do to have more of a self-leadership um, mentality uh, and perspective and some practical things that we could, you know, listeners can start doing today to enhance that. Yeah. And so you may disagree, but all leadership is self-leadership, right? The most important leader is the one that's inside you. So a leader in itself is, is not actually leading anyone. They are creating an environment or space that motivates, engages the leader within the people that they're trying to lead because you can't ever force anyone to do anything. So self-leadership is literally your ability to take action towards the things that you truly desire in your life. 
it's, it's that straightforward. It's that simple. And I, I, I've broke this down to the three C's of self-leadership, which I can, which I can dive into, but just a, as an overview, it's clarity, confidence, and control. Yeah, thank you. And, and perhaps we should explore those. Um, but I, I don't disagree. I think you are absolutely correct that, um, that we need to foster, um, leadership within ourselves first. And I'm a big believer in servant leadership, um, and a foundational fundamental core principle of servant leadership is starting with yourself, um, and being grounded in yourself and self-understanding. And that then will lead that will, that will extend to the people around you and you'll be able to understand them better. And it's a reciprocal process. So good leadership requires self-leadership. Um, and when I talk about good leadership, effective leadership, I don't mean the micromanaging kind of power control type of leadership that some people utilize. We, we, you know, people often say that's leadership, but you're absolutely correct that we cannot force anyone to do things. So if we're trying to foster a, a people centric organizational culture, you know, uh, that empowers people where, where people are uh, engaged and motivated and productive. Um, we do that by creating an environment that welcomes those types of behaviors, that type of mindset. And we, we try to take away barriers and mechanisms and policies, practices, procedures within the organization that will inhibit that kind of a culture and that kind of an approach. Um, we, we don't accomplish, um, anything in organizations without creating that context for people to perform. Uh, I can't force as a, as a manager, as a leader, I can't force anyone to do anything. I can use threats. I can use fear-based tactics and that might get compliance in the short term, but that's not going to create long-term kind of sustain, sustainable success for anybody. And you'll, you'll burn through your people. People won't want to work in that environment. So they'll leave or they will mentally check out, kind of do the, they'll balance the scales, they'll do the bare minimum for self-preservation and you won't actually get good outcomes from your people. Um, so self-leadership self is absolutely core and, and fundamental to what it means to be a successful and effective leader where really, truly, we're just, we're just empowering. We're just creating an environment where other people can be successful. Yeah, and hopefully I'm not avoiding the descriptions of self-leadership too long, but I think it's important to dive into this idea of the creating an environment that motivates. As I think so often, especially when I, when I lead workshops with senior leadership, we spend a lot of time initially just understanding what motivation is and what is their role as a leader. And too often they think that they are responsible for the feelings and actions of their direct reports, or the associates. And it's like, no, you don't that doesn't, you, you actually are not responsible for their actual actions. And if you tie their, like their actual actions or feelings to your, to your ability as a leader, you have the potential then of just holding your, holding, like holding yourself accountable for disappointment and failure. And so now all of a sudden it's, it's like, you know, when you blame yourself for not achieving something you don't have full control over. So you're not tied to the right right the right key indicator of success like the the, the real met metrics and the real metrics are did you foster an environment and do you understand your employees to foster to be able to foster that environment that leads them or creates for them the best environment possible 
to then create like the actions that you desire or have the levels of motivation that you desire. And so then you're not holding yourself responsible for a bad day that they have, or maybe something's going on at home and you don't really know about it, but their actions are then being influenced by that. No, you're responsible for, do they have the resources they need? Are you engaging them in a way that builds trust and where you're actually allowing them to, to share their emotions, feelings, thoughts, are you crafting their work to be more related to what they love and what they enjoy? And are you giving them recognition for the work that they don't truly enjoy, but they still have to do, you know, and are you highlighting the meaning that you feel that's behind, like that you have for the work, the organization's creating, and are you pulling out what they feel is meaningful about the work that they're doing? And so like, it's like, these are the things that we have control over as leaders, which I think it's so important to mention because too often I work with leadership that, that hold themselves accountable for like a disgruntled employee or a disgruntled customer. And then they, their whole week is ruined or they all of a sudden now don't have the levels of confidence that they used to have as a leader. And so now they're like not looking for professional growth. because they think they need to still work on themselves more and more. And it's like, they then start, they, they start losing trust in themselves because they're gauging their ability to lead based on like false metrics. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And of course uh, we, as leaders, we hold responsibility for the ultimate success of the organization. But what you're describing is focusing on really what we have control over, right? Like there, we, 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 can, we can run ourselves ragged trying to assert ourselves to control people and behaviors. Um, but ultimately, people do what they do. And there's, people are so complex. And there's so many things that feed into why people act and behave and say the types of things that they do. I'm currently dealing with, with something like that um, on, uh, at my home university right now, um, where one of the faculty in my department, you know, there's, there's just something we're dealing with. And you know what, I, I've known this faculty member for a really long time. And I, I fully recognize that there are probably some things I could do better to create a, an environment that will uh, be better suited, you know, to help this person be more successful. Um, but also, you know, it's largely this individual and who they are and their kind of thought patterns and the way they deal with things. And, and I can't force them to behave in a certain way. I can't force them to, to say certain things. I can't, I can't promise anyone that, that um, they will eliminate any types of behaviors that perhaps other people don't appreciate. So, you know, it, it is, it is what it is. If we can, if we can focus on our sphere of control, what we actually have control over in creating that kind of environment, that, that will be a much better use of our energy and it will allow us um, to be a little self-forgiving when necessary and also keep ourselves accountable for the right things. You know, uh, if we're, if we're, it's, I, I call it, you know, full accountability. If, if we're, if we're saying we're accountable for all these things that we actually don't have any control over, then that doesn't actually solve anything that doesn't result in any positive outcomes. It just, it just forces leaders and managers to chase their tail um, rather than focusing their energy on something that's going to be productive. So, um, so great, great description. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, wh why, why do you think people are resistant to self leadership? Why, why might an individual, not embrace that idea. Yeah. So the three pillars of self-leadership, um, having clarity of your why and the clarity of processes, as well as like of, of the goals that you actually want to accomplish, having confidence in yourself. So either like, you know, learning, learning hard skills, skilling up, but also just confidence in yourself. So self-efficacy and, uh, and, um, 
uh, self-esteem. But then control, which is like emotional management as well as prioritization and being intentional with your time and your relationships, which is huge, your relationships. And people tend to avoid self-leadership mainly because they, they have some sort of fear of discomfort or where, whatever they're doing is keeping them safe. And even though it's not really aligned to what they truly want to create in their life. So usually what I see with clients, it's a fear of judgment. What will people think of me as well as a fear of failure? What, you know, what, did, what will I think of myself if, I, if this doesn't work out as well? And that fear holds them back from doing anything that is slightly uncomfortable. Uh, and so we spend a lot of time initially. And so a lot of times people wonder, well, why aren't we attacking that fear first and looking at confidence first? And I'm like, well, you can't actually have confidence until you have clarity in the things that you care about, what's underlying you know, your, your desire to, to start taking action towards this thing and then breaking that down into bite-sized pieces so you know how to actually take action. And when we have a clear sense of purpose and a vision and an understanding of who we are, the risk and the fear of judgment decreases because we then also understand this person doesn't know us. They don't have that. They haven't done the work to understand us. And I know who I am so clearly and so definitively that now I have no risk in, of, of someone judging me. I have no risk of judging myself because of this level of clarity. So that in itself feeds into confidence and ultimately into taking action and such. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, Benjamin, it has really been a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, the time has flown by way too quickly and we're about out of time. And uh, you know what, I really hope that maybe I can have you back on so we can explore things more thoroughly and, uh, and, and continue the discussion. Um, but before we part today, I want to give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can reach out to you, get connected, and perhaps um, look you know, for ways to work with you in the future. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I looked at the time and I was like, how, how are we done already? So I hope we schedule some time to chat again. This has been wonderful. Uh, and by the way, when you, when you have this clarity of purpose and you, we both have very, I think, overlapping values, like time does fly and you can build relationships really easily and have great conversations. Uh, so if anyone wants to have a conversation with me, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm super responsive, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. You can also find out more about my work at liveforyourselfconsulting.com. That's just how it spells, liveforyourselfconsulting.com. There's a free ebook on creating a career you love and a few other things, a few other free resources that are up there. But ultimately, just reach out, connect with me on LinkedIn, and let's have a conversation. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Ritter. It has truly been a pleasure talking with you. I do want you back on the podcast, so we'll, we'll schedule that. We'll, we'll continue the discussion. Um, but I hope listeners will, uh, will reach out uh, to Ben, um, get connected, find opportunities to, to collaborate and to work together um, uh, because uh, Dr. Ritter has a lot of, of uh, excellent expertise that he brings to the table to help you be a, a, a more effective uh, self-leader and thereby a more effective leader of others. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. Have a wonderful week. I hope everyone can find continual meaning and purpose at work. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.
check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.